Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Force Chatter. We are back to talk the book. Uh, well, I guess it's supposed to be the book of Boba Fett still, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. He he was named the, in the episode. As long as you mentioned. <laughs> the book of Mandalorian, you know, chapter five, season three, episode one, or whatever. Yeah. To, to your point, um, um, I am mentioned in a Star Wars book. There's an extra letter in the name. But uh, Erica Blythe in uh, the first of the High Republic novels. Yeah. So I guess that go. means that's the book of You're Eric. You're canon. You're canon now. Canon. It, yeah, it is. Like <laughs> shot out of one. <laughs> All right. So this is Force Chatter, and we are going to discuss the book of Boba Fett. Though this week, it's more the book of the Mandalorian or the book of Din Djarin. People still don't call him by his name. They just say the Mandalorian as if he's the only one. And we no, have I mean, countless I, others I, now. I mean, I still call him the Mandalorian, but I, mean, I know he's I know he's not the only one, call but that's, that's just show. He know, has a name, Lou. I know he does. Well, so does the child, too. I still call him the child. I, I don't know. There are more children in the world than just that one, Lou. <laughs> just saying. Uh, now, now, can we talk about something before we get into the episode, though? I, I feel cheated out of an episode of Boba Fett. I mean, I love what we got. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel cheated that we, you know, I don't know. I wish we had. It's funny because I'm this is a great you. episode, and yet it was, there's it was fantastic. There's still a lot to kind of complain about a little bit. The the first being, yeah, you know, we we've had two seasons of The Mandalorian. We finally, forty years, we get Boba Fett, except we don't. We get The Mandalorian. <laughs> we only had seven episodes going into it, and we're like, okay, well, at least seven's better than six. No, we got six. Yeah. It's hard to complain because it was a good episode, but it this really would have been was. like one of the best episodes ever of The Mandalorian, which, by the way, is coming back. So they could have, mm -hmm. you know, done this later, had this be a flashback episode, except I think that there is one important thing that's going to happen, maybe, that this needed to set up. But then I, I still think they should have put it in the last season then. But we'll, we'll come back to that near the end of the episode. So, um, yeah, Eric, Lou... Tom, Tim, welcome. This is uh, going to cover episode five of the Book of Boba Fett, Return of the Mandalorian. A little on the nose there. Mm -hmm. uh, this is 51 really minutes. Really well named. Yeah, aptly named. 51 mm -hmm. minutes long, uh, including credits this time because I was lazy and didn't see how much actual airtime we got. So, yeah, but okay. So Mediocre Modeler in the chat room said, to be fair... We had an Ahsoka episode in The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was also in that episode. Yeah, he was still featured <laughs> fairly prominently in the episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. yeah, he was still there. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. But but I get your point, and and I I think this will all tie together eventually. We just have to get to the eventually part. But first, we're going to break down the episode. We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Kind of uh, take a look at where things are going. Um, you know, we talk about how much time was spent in flashbacks each each show. This one's a little harder. It was either 42 seconds or it was the whole freaking episode all the way to the end. <laughs> Depends on how you want to look at it. A certain point certain of view. certain point maybe. of view, indeed. Yeah. Uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who did an incredible job, as mm -hmm. always. Yeah. 
and yeah, it's she's, funny. She's fantastic. She really is a great director. Um, I've been yeah, thrilled yeah. with everything that she's done. The episodes out of uh, the first two seasons of, of The Mandalorian have just mm -hmm. been fantastic that she's done. And uh, yeah, please, please bring more. Each each thing that she's done, each episode that she's come to, uh, has she's stepped up in, in each one of them. She's improved. I think the uh, my love of each of the episodes uh, ha has increased. And the neat thing is, I, you know, I don't go looking up the director of each episode before the episode, so it's always a surprise when that credit rolls. And I, I get that feeling without knowing that she's behind it. Like, right. oh, this was really, really good. Oh, it happened to be Bryce. The of course, surprise. It was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she's one of the best directors that that they utilize. Uh, you know, in in this rotation. I would agree with that. Um, the the description on Disney Plus for this, because they always keep them nice and short and simple as to not spoil yeah. anything. An unexpected ally emerges. Boom. Really? Who didn't unexpected? expect that? <laughs> Huge spoiler. Huge. This person's Massive. never been on the internet. Whoever wrote this. <laughs> it was about as expected as you could possibly get. Plus, but look, there. Then they, they there's, like, I mean, they, they played broadcast music it in the, the last, end of the last episode. episode. Right. Yeah. You could have gotten concussed in a fake lightsaber fight between the end of the last season of The Mandalorian and now and just forgotten everything. Yeah. And to those people, it would have been unexpected. That That's true. And and if you didn't understand the, the music cue at the end of the last episode of The Book of Boba yeah. Fett, you know. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So this episode opens in a chop shop. That's a car thing, isn't it? Yes. Meat factory. I think that's something else, too. It, it opens in a, a butcher shop. This um, opened up. I expected to see Rocky. Did you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I expected to see some of the Sopranos walk through. The, the, the Sopranos also works well. I it, it 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 totally had a Rocky vibe to me. I was, you yeah. know, I was expecting to to see him. Hauling I did like the difference and, you know. Somebody said no in in one of the uh concept art pieces at the end, you saw that that originally it was conceptualized as like bantha heads or some animal head. That clearly didn't make the cut and we got right. just your standard carcass. Right. right. So yes. um, the carcasses apparently were supposed to be nerfs. Okay. Small yeah, carcasses. I guess they were nerf heads uh, then. Okay. About, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about yeah. that right size. Um, interestingly, one of the developers from the 1313 video game got on Twitter and talked about how thrilled they were that so many of the concepts concepts from 1313 made it into the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Oh, good. And okay. one of the things was this specific shot oh, apparently really? was in... Okay. 1313 there were um tauntaun carcasses i think okay but, oh that's uh, cool yeah, nice. i mean yeah. too too bad for the tauntauns but uh yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool yeah you know and probably pretty smelly too because you know tauntauns <laughs> so uh din Djarin walks through he shows up to collect a bounty on kaba Baez, uses the dark saber badly burns his leg <laughs> badly but also with some severe badassery i mean he's cleaving <laughs> people like apart yeah like viciously including I mean, like slicing through one of the frozen carcasses there too it's like wow yeah pretty see, though, every time he walks into a fight he gets his butt kicked for like the first 30 seconds like he makes some of the stupidest mistakes he pulls his blaster <laughs> out the guy bites him on the thumb 
<laughs> oh I yeah, mean, come yeah. on! How lame are <laughs> you as a Mandalorian? Back then, I'm like, did he get his shots? Is it tetanus or anything? Right. Or, you know, like you're letting the guy bite your hand. You've got a blaster at him, and he bites your thumb. I mean, yeah. Come it, on, it, talk it, about rookie mistake. The guy was like quick to get on his thumb too. He came oh, out of nowhere. Was like, like, wow, that was a pretty quick move. But yeah, and, and, and I guess like he did not have to cut Kababia's in half. No, like, no, that was. The, Guy was already was down. already dead. Yeah. It was I a bonus. The whole, all right, just because it's easier to carry around, going to cut his head off. That's fine. But he cuts him in half and then cuts his head off. Like, yeah, Din, Din had enough of this crap. He was done. Yeah. He was pissed. He was making a point. Yeah. 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 Why didn't so after he burned his leg? Why didn't he use his spear as a cane? Like he's got this javelin, just sitting there, not doing anything except getting in the way. It's against yeah. his religion to use it like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one. All right, so he, he uh, chops off the head after chopping the body in half. Maybe it makes it easier to chop the head off that way. I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. Gets the head. Leaves, goes to turn it in, uh, flies out to, uh, I believe it's called Halo. Yeah, yeah. Um, you saw a little glimpse of Master Chief yeah, walking around. Covenant driving around <laughs> in the little uh, buggies and hover tanks. Or if I got that it was a cool, it was, if, for all the people that were complaining about being stuck on Tatooine, this was a cool glimpse at somewhere completely different. Oh, it was yeah. nice. I, I loved it. I thought it was, yeah. very, it was very nice very to get off Tatooine. I saw yeah. not a bit of sand on that whole station. <laughs> I was very happy about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and this is the first reference of a ring station in Star Wars, I think, right? Have there been any others? Yeah. Tom, our resident trivia expert, have you heard of any? Not certainly not visually. Mm -hmm. not I, I thought it was really cool. Like it was beautiful to yeah. see. It was it yeah. was oh, yeah. really really neat. I, yep. I I liked it a lot. I especially love that we got to see sort of both levels of it, and and sort of a in a part we'll get to in a minute. Uh, the underbelly mm -hmm. of it was really neat to mm -hmm. see. So yeah, it it was, uh, and we got some nice flybys of it too in some of the establishing. Mm -hmm shots and the day night cycles seem to go pretty fast it's like you have an hour of daylight and an hour of night like those those little panels that that switch up the day and night things moved pretty quickly yeah a little little too quickly i think yeah that was a little weird but um yeah oh well i mean it's hard to tell how big that is though because if that thing you know, circles in a star, basically in the orbit of a planet. I, you know, it's a it's a big, big ring. Is there so. a star in the middle of it, though? It could just be artificial lighting set up. I don't remember there being. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if it was believe... that close to a star, I think that the star would have been. It would have had to have either been a tiny star, or it would have fried everybody on it and been. The whole thing would have been yeah. lit up. Mm. <laughs> Very yeah, cool, I though. Know. I love that station. And we get a cool shot, too, because once we get on the station, um, we get one continuous shot with no cuts as he leaves one level, gets on an elevator, and goes up to another level 
practical effects and everything. There's a table. He talks to the Ishi Tib Guildmaster. Mm-hmm. That whole discussion, no cuts. He goes back. He gets back on the elevator and goes back down again. No cuts. It's like a two the, over the, two the, minutes with no cuts. The creature in the elevator when he goes up <laughs> with and he's got the bag in the head that's like dripping blood yeah. all over yeah. the place and his legs all screwed up and everything and the dude just like kind of looks over at him and then you know nope. din like looks and the dude's like nope i'm not looking yeah, exactly. i'm not looking yep. nope never saw you alien <laughs> it was a great comedic yeah. little moment it was like eight seconds long and it was fantastic yeah. we saw quite a few aliens in this that uh are, are throwbacks to stuff we've seen before between the ishi tib is the Guildmaster, um mm-hmm. which i believe those were mm-hmm. seen in return of the jedi we had a chatter yep. fan. Um, mm-hmm. We had, um, oh, not an Aqualisha, Quarren. Yep, at the yes. table. Um, and there was one other I'm forgetting. But, I mean, we had a good selection of recognizable alien species there. Um, you know, and, and I guess I kind of felt like that was something in Episode 7. Why didn't they give us some of those floating around instead of, like, every single alien in Maz Kanata's castle was completely new? except like one. So I like this. I like that they're making it feel more like the star Wars that we know, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so he needs, uh, access to the substrata. He desperately needs a back to tank. Like I tell you what, for all the people complaining about Boba Fett and his back to tank, it's kind of a must have item. I think if you're wearing Beskar, like if if you're, if you're a Mandalorian, you need a back to tank. Yeah, can't, can't even particularly can't even afford like one like a spray can of backed at this point. Yeah, okay. like I have one of those in my car, <laughs> and, and and dude can't just carry one in his backpack or something. I mean, come on. That team back to whatever sim stuff. You would think that the armor <laughs> would have some sort of like internal back to dispersion system. The, right? the armor doesn't even have oxygen, so I <laughs> you're asking for <laughs> um, a lot there. Maybe the armor needs some upgrades. It might, yeah. yeah. All right. So we get down to the covert. And this is where we get a lot of the meat of the episode. So we see uh, Paz Vizsla in the armor. No, no, no. The, the meat we had oh, in the true. previous. Well, there's meat <laughs> and there's meat. That was the meat of the, the world. And this is the meat of the story. I don't know. Okay. Bad analogy. You're, you're right. But th- this is where we get a lot of the lore and uh, kind of the direction setting going forward. So only Paz Vizsla and the armorer survived. Yeah, not much. That was a that was a hefty massacre for him to get off of Navarro. Yep. And uh, Paz Vizsla is just as grumpy as ever. Uh, we get some <laughs> exposition on the Darksaber. I think we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit before because a lot of this was established either in Clone Wars, Rebels. I don't think it's really hit the comics that I know of. You had a, a little bit in the Maul, um, okay. the Maul comic that was brought over from Dark Horse that uh, was was canonized, okay. but not a ton there. All right, so it's... Been around for a thousand years. It was forged by Tar Vizsla, um, a Jedi Mandalorian. And uh, as we know from the end of Mandalorian season two, whoever wields the Darksaber 
is the rightful ruler of Mandalore as long as they want it in combat. And that's a new little bit because there was this big build-up moment if folks who watched Star Wars Rebels remember and Bo-Katan gets the blade from Satine. Sabine. Yeah, Sabine, excuse me. And, uh, you know, there's this whole moment where she holds it over her head and uh, the surviving Mandalorians sort of all kneel to her and there's this understanding, at least in that scene, that she's got it and there's no question about whether she's uh, rightfully the the heir and you would but have at thought one it's... of those guys would have stood up and said excuse me i don't yeah. i don't mean to interrupt but i have a question is that is that right should you really have that you would have thought when it may not be i think there's some serious divisions in mandalorian culture that we're continuing to see deepen here yeah. because they have a very different mm-hmm. interpretation of like how that all went yeah clearly some blame has been laid at bo-katan's feet well and and we're seeing even more of uh, the the power of the armor as a as a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, even though you know she no longer really has many followers, uh, but you know her philosophies, which are kind of you know quasi religious, um, really you know very strict. Uh, in in terms of how they perceive a lot Very of these fitting things, fitting up the Death and, Watch, and yeah, you're her, yeah. You're, you're talking about the the character with the the golden helmet, right? With the mm-hmm. little Darth Maul like spikes around the top. Question mark. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's not going to have some relevance at some point. That it cannot be a coincidence that. Uh, a Mandalorian helmet, especially the person who is the leader of this group, happens to have uh, Zabrak-like horns, and mm-hmm. Darth Maul used to run this opposition group to Bo-Katan's group and took over Mandalore, et cetera, et cetera. And then mm-hmm. who's there to was blame? a female in that group. Who's to blame by the armorer for the destruction of Mandalore? Not Darth Maul. Bo-Katan. Yeah. And there was a female in that group, if you remember your Clone Wars Season 7 history. Mm, I don't. I only watched it once. I need to rewatch <laughs> it. So there's a, a a character that they spent a, a good bit of time on. She appeared in that, uh, that Dark Horse comic uh, with Maul uh, and, and helped him escape uh, the prison that Palpatine put him in after their duel on Mandalore. And then she popped back up in, I think she was in Star Wars Rebels as well, but she was definitely in uh, season seven of the Clone Wars. So her name is Rook, um, you know, fanatical member of the Death Watch, splinters off. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to claim, this isn't my theory. I didn't, I didn't originate this, but there's some speculation that Rook became the armorer and the pieces sort of fit. It would, it would make mm. sense for a character that, uh, time that amount of time was spent in in past properties to bring her forward mm-hmm. and fit her into the puzzle like this, but we'll see. Yeah, it could be a completely new character. Yeah. So either way, interesting. Depending on which side of the uh, conspiracy theory, I guess we'll call it, you fall. Um, she may have ties to Maul. She may not. We don't know. We'll find out, yeah. or we won't. We don't know that either. Yeah, we won't. <laughs> we may yeah. never find out. I don't think. 
Right. Um, but it, it does seem like a, a bit of a coincidence for them to design the helmet as particular as they are about design work in in the Filoni verse in general. Yeah. Seems a bit odd that you'd have Darth Maul like spikes or horns coming out of that helmet, and not have some sort of connection. Just saying. When what's the need for the pause has a name his his identity has been revealed what's mm -hmm. there's got to be a purpose behind keeping her identity as, uh, shrouded in mystery right that, that's not right. that's not done accidentally if they're naming a character like pause Vizsla and all these other ancillary characters uh, she has an identity they're just deploying it very intentionally at a certain moment it's not going to be in this season no. probably uh, you know a future Mando season or maybe some other spinoff that is in the works and but, Paz is yeah. a Vizsla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you look Which at the lore that Filoni himself ha helped create, he should be the guy in charge. Yeah. That comes into direct play here. Yeah. 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 So moving along with this, um, let's see, we get, uh, the songs of eons past foretold of the mythosaur rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. Sadly, it only exists in legends and legends are not canon. Which I just thought was that statement, which he said, sadly, it's just legends like that. Just grabbed me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. That is great yeah. writing. Yeah. So any meaning behind this? So Boba Fett's family crest has been the mythosaur. Mm -hmm. Fett rising up to herald a new age of Mandalore. And we keep seeing things, quote, in legends that are popping up figuratively and literally. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll come back to that closer to the end of the episode where we speculate about where things are going forward here, but a uh, mm -hmm. little, little interesting thing there. And for all of the different mythosaur like graphics we've seen throughout the series, uh, this one is specifically uh, the one on that little locker she opens up where the camera kind of lingers on it specifically is Boba Fett's family crest. Yes. Which I thought was interesting and oddly placed. Yeah. I wonder if she's Omega. That, that could be, but Omega didn't really have like the, I mean, the, the religious side of of the armor and paws has always felt like very orthodox, like very, um, very different than the approach that Omega took. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if if they view Django, for example, and his short, well, I guess long bloodline uh, to be sort of the the epicenter. Uh, we we obviously don't know all of Django's like past in terms of a canonical sense, but. Um, you know, he's from Concord. Uh, is he from Concord Dawn or Concordia? Anyhow, um, it, it's at least canon that he's from Mandalore, basically, or, yeah. or Mandalore adjacent. So that's right. that's an interesting thought. They they just presume that he's dead. Or this is just her showing sort of a, like a little bit of uh, pragmatism. Like, hey, we need to we can't cling to every little fantasy that's out there. Yeah. We've got to do some things for survival as well. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I don't, I don't think the armor is Omega, but that would be like 
earth shattering (laughs) if she took her helmet off and that's how that would be i think omega showed up a little late to be indoctrinated into that sort of thing and then to be able to rise up within that quickly enough to be a leader um yeah and and to your point tom i think her personality type is just too radically different from that i don't see that really being a thing but um so moving on we have the beskar spear and uh, it's pointed out that that can pierce Beskar armor. So just in case anybody challenges you to the Darksaber, you should get rid of it. Get rid of the Javelin. Because <laughs> um, if the Darksaber can't pierce the armor, and that could, you know, we got to make it a fair fight. So let's melt the Javelin down. <laughs> we make uh, a bunch of uh, little ringy things. Presumably a, a chainmail tunic of some sort for Grogu. Keychains. And then mm-hmm. keychains, right? Because let me tell you, <laughs> you go to Orlando, you can make a killing on Star Wars keychains. Or you set up no, an totally. Etsy shop or something. That's what he's trying to That's do. That Grogu was what his do. plan was. Yeah. yeah. And then Get out of the bounty hunt. they wrap it up in a little Grogu head with the ears. Yeah, like, right, the, right. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. That was yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, so there's that. Although, you know, although I can't wait to see Grogu in um, Beskar Chainmail. That's going to be fantastic. It's going to look dumb. <laughs> no, no. It's going to look dumb. It's good. I mean. I mean, they can't put it in armor. They got to have a tunic for him. So Chainmail in Star Wars. <laughs> just. Uh, no, yeah. it is. It is works really well because I've been working on Chainmail for a while. I'm planning on making that part of my, my Mandalorian when I do the. Uh, I like Chainmail. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get you. You have a three D printer now too. I gotta either get one, or or get with uh, some of you folks here and, and I, I see what I gotta do out. to like no, start the, making the, Mando pieces. Yeah, the, the chainmail I'm doing is actually chainmail. I'm, I'm making my. No, own no I know you've been actually working yeah, with chainmail yeah. recently. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I got, I've done oh. some little like jewelry size things with chainmail. But I, I know people have done like the actual armor mm-hmm. sort of things for like the SCA and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't see Grogu. <clears throat> FCA like the Beastie Boys. You mean? Sorry, never mind. <laughs> I can't wait to see Darth Grogu <laughs> with like red eyes and a red lightsaber. Is he Darth Jar Jar's and... apprentice, or is that okay? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's going to wield two red lightsabers. Yeah, he's he's going to be pretty. My, my son it's, sent it's me an internet awesome. rumor uh, the other day about the upcoming Jar Jar series coming to Disney Plus called Binks. I, I can't wait. To say, oh, dude, I'm so sorry, but that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not real. Let me go tell Tim, though. Tim will be excited, but no, that, that's not a thing. I, I'm i very excited. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I've i actually been signed on as say, a writer. I was going to say, have you uh, contacted them about involvement yet? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've got some, some looking, great story ideas. You're looking for at the it. showrunner. He <laughs> <laughs> said, "Yeah, you want to do this? Here you go. In fact, uh, let me call. I know somebody over at Paramount Plus. We'll put it on their network. Keep it away from Disney or or Peacock. We'll, we'll send it over the Peacock network. Have at it, Tim. All right. So we get some exposition on Bo-Katan. Uh, so. The Armorer's Sect was cloistered, there's a big word, cloistered on the moon of Concordia, 
which is one of Mandalore's moons. So Concordia and Concord Dawn are not related to one another in any way, right? It's Concord no, Dawn canon. Different moons. Like its existence as a location? Yes. It is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so two different locations. Yeah. Just similar names. Okay. So Concordia was spared the Great Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears, where a bunch of TIE bombers went in and just nuked Mandalore. The Imperials couldn't even send stormtroopers down to clean up. They had to send down uh, probe droids and mm. KS units. <clears throat> so it was it was some really cool imagery. It was very uh, Terminator esque. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, it was yeah. It was it was some really cool like post apocalyptic. It does bring stuff. up a really important question. How I don't know. Like I'd have to look. To seven. see, is it seven? Seven is the answer. I have to look to see the yes, cost of building a TIE answer. bomber. But I have to imagine you could build eight or nine hundred thousand TIE bombers and it would still be cheaper than a single Death Star. <laughs> but not So if you can just go and turn cool. planets to glass, do you really need a yeah. Death Star? Like, is that not enough, like, imposing terror on people that... And here's the other thing, too. Death Star, you can kind of see it coming because... It's bigger than the Millennium Falcon by a little bit. So, like, if you've got any sort of scanner at all, you can probably tell when it's approaching, right? Yeah, but you just you say, can't oh, tell. It's, People it's jump moon. in from hyperspace with star destroyers and and just start deploying tie bombers and mash. You have like about an eight minute warning before the whole planet just turns to glass. Rumor gets around about that. Yeah, nobody's stepping up against the Empire. You just saved yourself and, and the thing is, if you, gazillion imperial credits. If, 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 if you have a Star Destroyer, why is it that you need that many TIE Bombers, though? Because the original intent of the Star Destroyer, or one of the built intents of the Star Destroyer, is to do Planetary bombardment. that massive aerial bombardment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we actually saw that in uh, the Bad Batch mm-hmm. when, they, when they walloped uh, Kamino. Right. Maybe so, it's easier but still, to, it to spread out and get a large like blanket the planet sure. at once with a whole bunch of little things yeah. like the swarm mentality rather than having the you know how many circles you'd have to do in that star destroyer to get the entire surface of the planet that's mm. true so, that's true i nonetheless i appreciated the imagery of the whole thing i it, i thought it was, it was awesome. awesome it was very dark it was very imposing yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was it was yeah. it, it was very poignant so you see Sundari, the capital, that dome detonate. Yeah. The reason it's right. a dome is because the rest of the planet was rendered a wasteland because they fought and fought and fought. Yet Sundari mm-hmm. endured until the Empire. And uh, you know, for I love the line. You know, for all its you know all its talk, the Empire lasted you know what thirty years or whatever she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, but but that last sort of bastion, that symbol of Mandalore's endurance. Just going up. That was an emotional moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 42 seconds of flashback. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. I would have been flashback okay with the whole episode of, of uh, Night of a Thousand Tears. I guess that's kind of gruesome, though. That's kind of like watching Titanic only for the ship sinking. <laughs> Which, Fast by the way. All this crap. Yeah, that, I did, that was me. I did that, too. <laughs> so um yeah we get the the chain mail tunic happen next and then the training so this is where 
people on our Discord server have been raking me over the coals because I don't, I don't get it. So the dark saber, until you become attuned to it, and I'm okay with that concept, that aspect of it, you you cannot wield it well, and that's fine. But apparently, it has an immense physical weight that makes it difficult to physically lift. And to me, that does not make any sense in anything we know about Star Wars lore, about how the Force works, about... Well, there was one thing like that in... You're going to cite the Star Wars Rebels uh, episode? No, no. This goes back to old, old, old legend stuff. Okay. um, Where supposedly only a force wielding Jedi could, could wield a lightsaber and Han Solo you needed to use the force to, um, actually control it and Han Solo. Okay. Yeah. He didn't do it. Well, he just needed to it swipe. Was cold. It was like negative 80. Oh, I, I had to qualify in an M 16 in like negative 20 degree temperatures when I was in North Dakota in the air force. And yeah, you're not doing anything with any level of grace in the snow when it comes to, you know, you're not going to be Count Dooku out there doing the little swirly things. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and General Grievous, so, what, what, another one. I, not a force mm-hmm. user. What I Thank will, you, Dan. What I will bring up here is everyone, uh, you know, I'm sure remembers the uh, theory of relativity equals mc squared that is a formula of energy and mass Mm -hmm. mass is basically the calculation of what it takes to move something so while energy doesn't have weight it can still have mass to it and so there could be something in how this uh this this dark saber is developed that gives it an amount of, of, of mass. So if you're going to quote uh, the theory of relativity it, to me on to, as an example of this, <laughs> I need a little bit better explanation mm-hmm. of how those variables match up <laughs> to how lightsabers work or even like that's, lasers because that those have energy. That's, that's all I got. Radiation that's, that's, is a form uh, of energy uh, and it, it doesn't necessarily have my, mass. My, 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 my whole purpose to this is to at least within the bounds of uh-huh. earth physics to say, Hey, there is a relationship between energy and mass. That's all. And so if you then star Wars eyes that, that there's something in the lightsaber, not lightsaber, the dark saber, uh, that does make it in tune to its user and the intent or the skill or the whatever of its user. I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with something. I, I, okay. so in all. the rebels it, it, episode, I, I just had a, where Kanan's training Sabine, she's talking. She makes the the statement, "It's heavier than I expected." Um, even then, she doesn't have any problem actually lifting it. it. It she never physically responds as if it has physical weight. Whereas, like Din Djarin is literally dragging it across the floor, straining mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to pull oh, it up into the air. Yeah. That was a little over the top to me. That's the part that doesn't make any sense. I'll agree. Light. I'll agree. Doesn't have weight. And then as people explain, well, it's not so much the light as it is like the kyber crystals getting heavier in the hilt. Okay. So that that's, 
I see where you're going Which with still, that. I'm not. That's in a direction that doesn't make sense less than the light having weight does. Okay. How is the, the kyber uh, crystal Tom, actually Tom getting heavier? Tom in the chat heavier? just said uh, our next podcast coming up is Science Chat. <laughs> right. Listen, and somebody else called me out on that. I think it was Frank in Discord said, yeah, so, you know, midichlorians in, in the force and all that. Yeah, we definitely need to have everything explained scientifically i'm like wait a minute there's a big difference between not needing a scientific explanation for a theological concept a religious concept and then light is heavy physics one you don't need to explain one is like any second grader can tell you that that's not a thing anyway I digress. Tom, what you got? No, I, I I viewed it a lot as sort of the like in the realm of Excalibur, right? There's there's something that's special. This lightsaber isn't built by your average Jedi, right? This is, and the hilt isn't anything that any Jedi has ever used for their hilt. It's not even the type of Beskar that that a normal Jedi has. So we really don't know much at all about this this weapon other than what's been revealed to us. So, uh, you know, there's there's probably some lore to it that, that's going to unfold and, uh, and and sort of fill in some of the blanks here. I just liked it as this weird Star Wars. I mean, when when things like midichlorians got introduced into the world, suddenly we're looking it, it like trains us to look for reasons behind stuff that we didn't used to question in Star sure. Wars. It was just it it just was what it was, right? And and we we gobbled up whatever they were willing to give to us. Uh so so in this instance, I like the idea that that as much as the force is weird in ways that that can bring Leia back to uh the Radis in the Last Jedi or can make blaster bolts me. avoid and not hit hit Chirrut Imway and Rogue that One. Didn't bother me. Uh well, no, didn't bother it, it's, it, it doesn't. You don't have to. You don't have to like it. I'm not. I'm not trying to bring you around to the cause here. But I'm saying, as I'm watching this, I'm viewing it as sort of a this mental physical connection and this, uh, um, yeah, this this. Uh, he's he's not synced at all with with what's anything mm-hmm. about that that blade. I think Sabine was. Sabine was also differently situated than than he was. Uh, at the time where she was dueling Kanan. And, uh, you know, it's it's manifesting. I love the line where he's, like, ready to try again so how because Gideon? he's just that persistent. Gideon is not Mandalorian. And and both he didn't Sabine fight well. and Jaren he are. Defeated. He got defeated almost immediately. He did about as well he with that blade. He never had a problem lifting and, it. And he's, a, like, not exactly like, you know, Hulk Hogan or something like that, right? I mean, he's slender. You, you saw him make... Right, you right. saw him ignite it once, and then he got defeated very, very quickly with the blade while wielding it with or... some level of ease. Now, now it's, I, it's I get that, that he's not going to be skilled with it, over time. and he's not in tune with it. But he also didn't have the problem physically lifting it into the air. I think it's just like whatever concept did it is Din. they're trying to introduce. Yeah, I feel yeah, like they went Sager, too far was... over the top with it. Well, it, yeah. it was the fact that it got heavier with every time he swung it. So right. It was yeah. that kind of. It happens yeah, over time. It, it, almost like it's a logarithmic scale where it got heavier with each time you used the use the weapon. Yeah. So, um, and we saw Gideon get taken out right away. It wasn't like he he swung it once. So it's like that's that's fine. I mean, this kind of thing to me, and like I think Tom's right. We didn't need this kind of stuff explained before, and I think it makes it doesn't make sense. But I'm accepting it because it's what you're telling me. 
it makes yeah it makes sense in star wars i i i didn't really question it at all okay. it was yeah. just one of those Maybe oh it's okay just it's a star I wars see, and yeah. to me i'm like, not that's cool out searching for it, this isn't like to me it's not like i'm nitpicking about you know how does an a-wing with smaller engines go faster than a y-wing with bigger engines like i'm not trying to find things to nitpick a, that's a valid <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter because i don't care because it doesn't matter and, and this is one of those things to me i guess it's just so silly and goofy and weird and nonsensical that it breaks that that little piece of lore for me i'm like that doesn't even make sense like uh, the spiritual side of things and stuff and you not being able to wield it well I'm, I'm down with that i get it and i got it in the episode with sabine and kanan and it just it was like huh I don't like. I can't wrap my brain around how that makes sense here. And maybe they'll either they'll explain more about it down the road, and we'll find out the way in which a dark saber is different from a normal lightsaber, or we'll find out it's not, and this is just some weird thing that we're supposed to ignore. But I, I've never had a, a a thing like this in Star Wars before that's been this hard for me to wrap my brain around. Midichlorian's fine. Leia. And the the so-called Superman maneuver she did didn't bother me. I, I didn't even blink. I didn't even know it was a thing until I got it on the internet after the movie was released. Um, all those things don't care. It doesn't bother me because there are ways to explain it. I just, nothing seems to make sense about this. But I, I'll agree to disagree and, and climb out of this rabbit hole here. Okay. Uh, but uh, a, a good good line here from the armor during the training persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome i just like that line yeah kind of mm -hmm. like you know bashing your head against a brick wall doesn't get you through the brick wall it just gives you a headache well, yeah it's kind of like the whole doing the same thing expecting different different results yeah it's, it's it's epitome of all, the, all right. the same vein yeah yep all right so the duel um I guess, I don't know, Favreau wanted his prop back? Is that what this is? Because, you know, John Favreau plays Pax Vizsla, mm -hmm. and John Favreau, as he stated before on uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, if you're the showrunner, you get to keep the props. <laughs> he wanted his prop back. So we get the battle. Battle wasn't bad. I like that little shield thing he's got on his arm. I want one of those. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that was all right. That was a pretty decent battle. That's uh, that's that's Gungan technology. I mean, <laughs> yeah. proud of that one, huh? You know, the Gungans had to be good for something. They they developed a lot of unless they things. appropriated it from someone else. No, cannon fodder. <laughs> Gungans hardly traveled off world. They found Thoughts something floating float. in the swamps and reverse engineered it. He said, I don't like where you're going. Somebody on Naboo, one of the humans up there, <laughs> had one and said, we're pacifists. What do we need this for? And they threw it in the swamp. And then Jar Jar showed up and brought it down to uh, Boss Blubbery Jaws. Boss Nast. And said, hey, look what uh, Misa has. And then they reverse engineered it and they took credit for it because they're Gungans. <laughs> I like that they, in the scene, they take their jetpacks off yeah. and uh, you, you get the immediate, because uh, Din gets knocked off the, the 
platform against the armor and kind of comes right back up and all of a sudden you're like oh dear don't fall off this time (laughs) i was really upset because i knew they weren't going to kill din and i don't want them to kill vizsla because that's like the coolest mandalorian armor yet yeah like i don't want to see that go away uh Dan uh, in the chat here brings up something cool of, of, about the um, about the dark saber. Uh, he says, "Use it like a sword, no problem. Use it as a symbol of Mandalorian rule, and you need to prove yourself to it." Mm. But it, okay, so that would make sense. But was that really how Din was trying to use it as the armor was training him? I don't think Din is trying to run anything. Yeah, but as Din winning in combat, now he has a new. Potential role, maybe. Yeah, no. Did Sabine win it in combat? Yes. Okay. Against, um, is it Fenral's brother? Mm. Okay. Tom, just remember, point to the belt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember, but if I'm on stage and there's a timer, I'll remember, and I have the proof right here. <laughs> All right, so uh, <clears throat> Dinjarin, unfortunately, at some point, may have possibly taken his helmet off somewhat, maybe kind of. And it's like well, the best totally moment. Of- we saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, pictures or it didn't happen. Yeah, we have video of it happening. Well, I cannot tell a lie. I cannot tell a lie. I didn't weird. see that episode. So yeah, but he owned up. He, he asked me. He didn't own up. Yeah, I did. You know, he, he has integrity. He could have. I'm like, you know, this is like the whole thing of when someone asks you if you're a god, you say, you yes. say yes. When someone asks you if you take a hill off, you say no. <laughs> so uh, he's been kicked out. A Mandalorian no more. And one may only be redeemed in the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. So, we were talking before about how does Din Djarin end up showing up in Season 3 helping Bo-Katan take Mandalore back? Because we were speculating on what Season 3 might be about, right? Like, well, we have this whole storyline over here for a different character. And we have the Ahsoka trying to hunt down Thrawn storyline for a different character. Mm -hmm. And then Mando gives up Grogu. You know, he's going to go home and see what's on Netflix. His keychain business has to take off. He's got to set up that Etsy store. (laughs) Yeah. So now we have a, a direct specific motivation for him to be involved in the retaking of Mandalore in possibly season three of The Mandalorian, given that we only get like two and a half episodes a season now, I think it's probably going to be that's going to be preparing for it. And then there's going to be some big like crossover event or something later. Yeah, but, there's been some speculation about a possible Bo-Katan series, but it's probably for another discussion. I would not complain about that. So we have no Razor Crest. Because Lucasfilm hates me. <laughs> My toy of it hasn't even arrived yet from Hasbro. Really? And now I just want them to change it 
<laughs> Here, here's mine. I, I got the little, the little mini fig thing the other day. Nice. Yeah, that, that's about is. I was gonna get the big, hundred thirty dollar one, but. Hey, Eric, if you want it to be more screen accurate, stand on top of your desk, throw it on the floor violently, and then See, stomp I, on it, and that's much more actually apt to how it looks like we, right we do a video show so i can't give you the normal hand and arm signals that i, I well that was like you know the 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 um uh the advent calendar this year for lego day one was a um razor crest and i think everybody posted on instagram just the package just the pieces i didn't get the advent yep. calendar this year it was good this year. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, maybe I'll have to see if I can find one on eBay. <laughs> so, 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 anyway, you know, so he doesn't have a ship. He's got to fly, you know, coach. Got to check his and weapons. You do not want to get behind <laughs> this guy at TSA because, oh my oh, God, this guy doesn't know how to fly. He, wait, oh, oh, oh I got this. I, I got this. Oh, I got this down here. Oh, oh, I, got, oh, yeah. I forgot. Did he really that have to take the grappling rope out? Like, he probably could have left that in. It's not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part. Probably. He just unspools it all. Can you mentioned spooling it back up? <laughs> take all his stuff, yeah. but leave him with his armor and, you know, mm -hmm. he can do some damage with just the armor, I think. <laughs> and I still wouldn't have turned over the Darksaber. You know, I, I guess it's Legends. I don't know that it's happening canon yet, but lightsabers aren't supposed to show up in weapon scans. At least there have been several things in Legends where it did not. So I don't know. Mm. But, you mm. know, Legends, as the armor says. So, uh, no weapons on Starliner travel. Is that the same? That's not the same thing as Star Tours, is it? The same brand? I think so. Okay. At least he gets his stuff back when he arrives on Tatooine from another droid who's kind of glitching out. And then <laughs> I was so excited by the next scene because Pelimato. And we get a BD droid, which I love BD droids. And a womp rat grabs it. And then my heart sank. And then Pelimoto <laughs> goes in to save the day. My heart sank even more because I'm like, oh, come on. But then. It was a great then, scene. It yeah. was the funny. womp rat gets <laughs> really her. Well and I'm literally cheering out loud at the screen. And like, I don't even cheer at sporting events. Okay cheering out loud at the screen and she goes to get the, the blaster she can't reach it i'm like oh thank you thank you lucasfilm thank you and then all of a sudden din Djarin walks in and ruins it he saved he, the he day did what yeah. he's a hero no. he is because a hero. she's still alive i like Pelly. i i she's think cool. she's i fun. like her as womp rat food yeah i do too she had more lines of dialogue in this episode it was good. Then the Mandalorian title character had over two seasons. <laughs> I counted. <laughs> I don't mind. It. Although you know, you know okay. So, so so back to the Mandalorian's lines. Mm -hmm. We it's like the rat we catcher. We did get droid. my favorite line from him again. I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But then again, I mean, but, but yeah, I do like Pelly. I mean, she has some great oh lines. Gosh. Her comedy is good. I mean, everything except yeah. for the, you know, Jawas being furry and her going, you know, spitting fur. <laughs> that I'm like, poor no, Jawa. No. Oh, my gosh. I felt so that. bad for him. No, I felt bad for her. Really I'm like, for oh, her. oh, oh no. Furry. I feel bad for the Jawa. No, I don't want to know. 
Wow. I like that she talks to, to you know, she 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 holds her ground against Mando. She checks him yeah. where other people just are intimidated by him or whatever. She talks to him like he's a normal person. And my favorite yeah. moment out of all of it is as they've got the ship together and Mando kind of does a walkthrough and he's a little bit hesitant. He's like, what do you think? Should we fire? Her? She's like, get in there, fire it up like you know, his hesitancy is met with her enthusiasm. Mm. And uh, and I just I, like I love like her any confidence good used car salesman. <laughs> right. I'm thinking you don't want to do a pre-flight. You don't want to <laughs> check some right. to blow up in this a checklist <laughs> diagnostics. <laughs> I, you know, <clears throat> for me, this scene had some of the second worst things in Star Wars. So Peli Mato is the second most annoying character in Star Wars behind Joe Yauza from the music video. That's that's, that's, that's extreme. It is. That's extreme. It was very extreme. And I, I fast forward it through that part of the movie every time. Oh, you mean the accusation was extreme? Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah I think it was that's, meant I mean, to I'll be. I'll take her over C-3PO any day of the week. Come on. Oh, that's a, oh, that's a tight competition. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll have to think that one over. Okay. Here's the other thing. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Y-Wings. The N1 Naboo Starfighter. I used to dislike more than Y-Wings. I, I think now... Really? Maybe I dislike it less, but just, like, it, it's it's Don, neck and neck. Anybody else in the chat room? What do you guys think of N1s? What's wrong with the N1? It is one of the Nothing ugliest designed starfighters no. I mean, even when the phantom menace oh, came out i saw the design on. for this like before I mean, the movie i didn't care for the color but and, well I, the I color like the is design. the worst so that well, actually is probably a big part of it yeah yeah t tom's got one right there look at that but oh, there we yeah. go oh it's disgusting yeah. quality ship right there it's disgusting i like it i really had the n1 or was that really hate the n1 okay yeah he corrected himself hate see i'm not alone <laughs> Ugly is irrelevant. And then Fetmatic says, uh, which ugly means is Fetmatic irrelevant. does That's not right, deny yeah. that it's ugly. It's all about performance. Dan Beauty dislikes it so much, he didn't even bother to have an opinion on that. Look at that. He says, I don't care one way or the other. <laughs> it's so bad that he just has absolute apathy toward it. What's that tell you? So, so you know, in, speaking of like builders and modelers and cosplay and stuff, uh -huh. a couple of things happen in this episode. So, first of all, people that have the N ones from Naboo, they're going to paint them, so they look even cooler than they did before. It wouldn't take and much. Then, I mean, it was bright <laughs> bumblebee yellow. And then, then the other side of the coin is everybody that's been you know cosplaying as, as Din now has to get rid of their javelin. It's like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. I just made this. I just got this ready to go. Never invest in big props until the next season. <laughs> You're cosplaying a very specific version of Din for like there two go, episodes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> so um Dan says it is quote too swoopy for his taste. Too swoopy. 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 What is swoopy? Swoopy Dan? I'm with him. Swoopy swoopy. It's it's what? ugly. Swoopy. It's no. ugly. It has no ass, first of all. It's not ugly. It's just, it's it's all, <laughs> like, front-loaded. It's all, it's all, Don't. it's all engine. Yeah. It, so I gotta love. It's all in the cell. This whole sequence with this was so reminiscent of episode one with 
uh, with the pod racers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the engines that we saw in the pod racers are fundamentally these types of engines mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And the sound that we got, like when he fired it up, it was like, oh my yeah. god, that's that's like that's pod racer yeah, sound. Right neighbors there. who have cars and then of sound course like that. It, <laughs> and then, of course, as he's flying through Tatooine, he's flying the Boon to Eve mm-hmm. track, yeah, right. or, or at least a good part right, of the track. Right. I freaking, and yeah. for as much as I love episode one, and I do, like, that was awesome. That was just hugely reminiscent of that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, hey, that's, it, when it started, I'm like, oh, that's part of the Boon to Eve track. Oh, he's still flying it. He's flying it more. Like, it was just <laughs> really cool. I loved it. I loved it. Well, you know, when when she first brought him into the shop there to show him this ship she's going to have for him, at first I'm thinking, it's not even a ship, it's a pod racer. I'm like, what yeah. are you yeah. doing here? <laughs> like I said, I never actually verbalize anything when I'm watching anything. And, and twice in, in this sequence okay. out loud. Number one was when he walked in and saved Pelimoto. And, and second was when she pulled back the tarp and i'm like oh my gosh it might as well be away. first <laughs> my my reaction i thought to myself oh no it's a y-wing because you, you see the engines <laughs> kind of under the tarp and i'm like oh don't give him a y-wing don't give him a y-wing and she pulls it back i'm I like oh, be it's even this. worse i would have disinter- <laughs> disintegrated so, if that had oh happened oh my gosh so so aside from the fact that that eric doesn't like the n1 which you know whatever at least it's not yellow. um at least not yellow. but but also what kind of a ship is this for a bounty hunter? Horrible. It's a fighter. It's horrible. He needs to have you something can't with put a anything hold. in it. He needs to have a passenger area. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. They got rid of the droid bay thing, the the droid slot. Right. Put a little bubble Bobbed up there so that when he decapitates uh, people in the future for bounties, that the head can just bounce around in that little bubble as he's flying through. You could fit a lot of heads in there. It's, yeah. Just bring them in it's, cold. It's, it's, it's it's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever ever played that trouble board game? You you push the little thing and the dice bounces. Yeah, right. Parents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to see Grogu and, and sitting I'm, up there, and that's going to be what it's for. But listen, this is a horrible. So, and I'm thinking in there, you could fit like four or five heads. It looks, yeah, you know, about the right. I I don't know like what kind of dimension there is, what kind of space there is underneath, but it looks like at least four or five heads you could fit. How in How are you going to be a bounty hunter? So. And just have a, a dinky little starfighter. Like, ask, okay, so ask Zuckus, ask Zuckus and Forlom. They don't fi- they don't fly anything with a cargo hold. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Okay. G1, that's G one A starfighter. Yep. Yeah. One so of the best that. bounty hunters in the galaxy. Um, the IG two thousand actually solid was a on bigger the disintegrations ship though. It's an aggressor. St- the yeah, Houndstooth is a bigger still, ship. That's that's a cargo Dengar ship. ship. That. Slave One, it's a patrol craft. That's a bigger ship. And storytelling, too, like Han Solo has the Millennium Falcon. Um, Firefly has Serenity. Like in shows like they, this, they, the they ship is on the home ships. base, right? That's mm-hmm. it's almost yeah. a character of, on they its own there. They keep their they stuff, keep their stuff there. there. They that's their yeah. house. That's they give their friends right. rides. I, they, they I have planning when sessions. Their friends that's where you moving. keep your gear. I mean, the guy can hardly put rations in, in that thing. It's not meant for. Like that being your, right. you know, your RV, that, that's like your motorcycle, right? Well, the, the other side of this, though, is that we all know that Boba Fett is never going to call Din and say, hey, dude, I'm moving. Um, can you bring your ship? <laughs> like, can't help that, you. <laughs> true. No, he can't. Sorry, I, I can't carry anything in my ship. Yeah. I'm, no, sorry, I, dude. Can't, one, can't help one you. One igloo cooler. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I tend to think what would be amazing is if he went, if, if he kind of behind the scenes goes and gets Gideon's cruiser and that becomes his home base and the, the N one just becomes his starfighter for specific missions. I'll yeah, say okay again and again in this series, the, uh, the, the razor crest proved itself a poor ship for a lot of situations that he found himself in. He nearly got blown up by another bounty hunter, Riot Mar, who had a starfighter and just sort of in and right before he gets destroyed. Didn't. He didn't. Like no, any that's good fair. A-10, you can shoot it up yeah. as much as you want, but it keeps flying. Except for, Except a for when someone bounce. cheated at the end. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. Just go get that cruiser. That's your home. How awesome would that be? What other bounty hunter has an Arquitans class light cruiser? It's a little that's big. Yeah, that's, but, that's still, yeah. it's a good ship. Got a lot of heads in that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we we get the um, uh, we get the N one Naboo starfighter. At least it's repainted. Pelly dated a Jawa, which I and still fast. feel bad for the little guy. I mean, I don't like Jawas, but I mean that's it. That's I'm okay with Boba Fett going and slaughtering them, but making one of them date her is like dark. Just saying. The- that's about as much on Jawa biology that we've gotten in. 40 some years yeah <laughs> and ironically i think i think that was yeah. supposed to have made the jawa look creepy and not pelly <laughs> but guess what no only near my hey, eric. eric i the, mean the rest of us eric okay love finds a way the cryogenic <laughs> density <furry>. combustion <laughs> booster is the same item oh wait wait i'll ask the the trivia person here have you seen uh, that before you, that long I pipe probably i did not yeah it um that was in the uh trash compactor they they tried to brace it yeah yeah point to the yep. belt point, point to, the, to belt. the belt you definitely <laughs> earned that one i had no idea um i got that from new rock stars by the way I'll, shout out to them uh yeah that's the same thing he used han solo used to prop the walls up of the trash compactor yeah so um we learned a little bit about the pikes uh, according to some human named the Major, I think, uh, the Pikes are going to prove to be a big pain in the butt because they smuggle stuff all over the place. And I don't know. Tom was saying something about it last episode. I wasn't paying attention. Cause... What's interesting is it sounds like the the Pikes, the way Pelly makes it sound, the Pikes brought smi- uh, spice smuggling to Tatooine. So... It, it sounds like whatever Jabba was doing has been ramped up and, and maybe they've um, just overrun some boundaries that Jabba had set up. Right. Uh, you know, it mm-hmm. remains to be seen. But I think it's more it's more misdirection for a final reveal at the end of the season. They want to build the pikes up as the big bad mm-hmm. only to have them sort of be the middle boss. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely some intentional exposition there. Um, some foreshadowing of something for the future. Even law enforcement won't go near them. And by that, we yeah. apparently mean the New Republic Rangers. The two X-Wings. Yeah. <laughs> Patrolling tattooing. So, yeah, one last thing before we get out of here. I'm really kind of bummed that Din Djarin did not include the, B- uh, the BD-8 droid as part of the deal for the ship. <laughs> because if ever he were going to have some, like, companion droid or something like that, companion at all i mean han solo's got chewbacca boba fett's got fennec shand 
you know, g- give Din Djarin a BD or a BD droid, you know? I, yeah, give him yeah. something to interact yeah. with, especially now that Grogu is gone. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's uh, not a droid. You know, it, it, it'll, guy, it'll be interesting though. to see. No, no. So, in, in fact, he doesn't even like right, it. But he liked so. this one. But you never know. He was the, pleasant the with this one. He liked he would, this one. Yeah, it doesn't mean he wants the to keep it around, though. That he would actually take to a droid. Oh, Fetmatic just brought something up in the chat room that I, I glanced over here in the show notes. I Wizard, it. really? Like, that was... No. The, it was no. lame was in uh, episode one. It was lame it here. For me. And I don't care what George Lucas it. says. You cannot just repeat I something over and over it. again and insist that that makes it cool somehow. It was lame before. It's lame now. I loved it. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Well, it, you know what I, it was? I may be in the minority you know on was? some of the other points, but according to the internet, Tim, you're in the min- minority on this one. Yeah, Tim, I got to side with Eric on this one. You, you know what it was? It was wizard. <laughs> yes. It, 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 that's synonymous for stupid, right? Yes, it was, Tim. It, <laughs> it was a very wizard line. Yeah. It was fantastic. I, I loved it. I loved it. So we get the test flight. We get uh, the X-Wings. We get to see the return of uh, Captain, what is it? Captain Carson something? Tava. Yep. Tava? Like seeing him again. Yeah. And then uh, Fennec fun. says, hey, you want a job? And Din Djarin says, yeah, but first I have to go say hello to my little friend. <laughs> so that's where we leave the episode. And make a little tunic. Well, yeah. It's parents weekend at what Jedi I'm, Academy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm hoping we have here is I want to see them do a time skip. I don't want to see the visit with Grogu. No. I don't either. In Book of Boba no, Fett. No, he needs to be, be season three. I, I, yep. I, I, I want to see them skip that yep. and get right back to... They have to. We Boba only have two Fett episodes line here. Yeah. And then in uh, Mando season three, then they can right. go do that. That's that's totally fine. So let's let's just do a time skip. and, and Because l- like Lou said, this was a f- an absolutely epically fantastic episode. In fact, it was pretty wizard. No, um, it's not gonna work. You can keep trying. Yes, it was. Try harder. Keep it up. But keep it up. I'm with try you. Try harder. Uh, <laughs> but it it this this series is needs to focus on Boba Fett mm-hmm. and to take an entire episode on the Mandalorian, on Din. Even though, like, not only was it just simply great, it was it was mm-hmm. meaningful. There was a lot of seriously meaningful stuff. There was lore in this. There was all sorts of really great stuff. That that truly continues to propel this character forward. There was no fluff that was in it. No. Well, this is one of the uh, best was, episodes like, of the Mandalorian ever. It's just, it was great. It, it, Boba Fett. It it really was. It really was. But we have to get back to to Boba Definitely. Fett. Definitely. And there was some bad lines, like we had, you know, Pelly talking about her dip swap, which I'm not sure. Pelly like always has that. bad lines. No, no, she doesn't. She I always like has line. bad lines. Give fantastic. me an episode where she had no bad lines. It was fantastic. This one. You just cited yeah. one. Well, the dip was your thing. example, sure Lou. What, You're I'm the one who gave. Sure. No, no. Is it, Maybe I, you know I, how this game works. No, no, no. I just don't want to hear her talking about her dip swap because I'm not sure what that is. And it's and the furry Jawa. Yeah. You didn't, I mean, it's it's solid innuendo. It is solid innuendo. Solid. I'm a little worried about it. And that and the fact that she's spitting fur out of her mouth. I'm like, no, I don't want to know about that either. I just. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's awesome. I would be okay not seeing her again for a long time. But, so, here's my theory on what this is all setting up. Din Djarin is not a leader. 
Boba Fett no. is or is becoming one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, eh, the storyline seems yeah. to be progressing toward him becoming a leader. At least that seems to be the intention. So... With a lowercase L, maybe, but not not, I not a see, capital L. I mean, somebody's got to take He's the no dark job saber. The I don't think it's going to end up being Bo-Katan. I think that they may be moving toward having Boba Fett take the dark saber, and I think that's why they might have been foreshadowing some of the dark saber lore in this episode of the Book of Boba Fett. I don't yeah, see. No, they, they very well. I don't may. see Boba taking the dark saber. I don't. He was the Mandalore in Legends for decades. Yeah. Yeah, for a long time. And Filoni has been progressive about taking what he can out of Legends, where it does not Mm. conflict Mm. with canon, and bringing it in. I I don't know that... I mean, we haven't really seen bo-katan in in live action much but they're really trying to groom boba fett into being seen as a leader so i think dinjarin's gonna lose the dark saber fett's gonna get it because i don't think he's gonna kill mando for it so i don't know that that's where i think this is going i don't know see i i, I seem to think that we're going to have Din taking this back into his own series and we'll get the, you know, final disposition of the dark saber and what he's going to be doing with Mandalore there. And both has to be his own thing underworld in a greater context of not just on Mandalore, but in the universe in general. I, I think this is going to be how they get Boba Fett into the the resurrection of Mandalore. Like whenever that happens, whatever series it's in, we know we're going back to Mandalore. We have motivation for Bo-Katan. We have motivation now for Din Djarin. And I think if Boba ends up with the Darksaber and Tatooine maybe is a loss, maybe at the end of this, they do walk off into the sunset and they leave all this stuff behind for something bigger. I think that could be the motivation that brings him into reclaiming Mandalore and then we get some big See, thing going on there and that's where Thrawn comes in because Thrawn <laughs> is pulling all the strings with with what's going on with Mandalore some right. some I mean how... it's just that Boba Fett has never seemed to care about fitting into Mandalorian culture or being a Mandalorian no he is just Boba Fett he's got his own he's got his armor and that's what he is I mean there's uh, not many Mandalores yeah. left Mandalorians left anyway so no, but I don't think he doesn't. He's never showed any sign of 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 being attuned to that. Whereas, you know, Din is all about it. He wants to be Mandalorian. He loves the culture. He wants to, he wants it back. He wants. Yeah, but I don't think he wants to lead at all. He doesn't want to run no. things. No, but I think he's going to be. Yeah. You know, the, the the best leaders are the ones that aren't there because they want to lead. Reluctant, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I think Boba Fett is looking to build a family as opposed to building power for himself. Right. So he wouldn't want to have the power of Mandalore anyways. He's, he's not, I I don't see him doing that. Your same argument though. Bo-Katan is not the right person to lead Mandalore. No, nor is Pax Vizsla. No, she, she's more of a leader than anyone else we've seen though. Right. But she's the, she's the one that wants it too much. I I, 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 Aside from probably the armor. Well, we're going to leave it there for this episode. The armor is basically proving herself to be an extremist. 
Yeah, I mean, they're both kind of extremists on on different ends. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We're going to leave it there for this episode of Force Chatter, but let us know in the comments what you think. Where do you think this is headed going forward? So, if you're listening to the audio podcast, head over to randomchatter.com slash YouTube. Throw it down in the comments there. Let us know what you think is coming. In the final two episodes of the book of the Mandalor- uh, the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Hit that subscribe and like button. Head over to randomchatter.com, subscribe to the other podcasts, and also join us in the Discord server, randomchatter.com slash Discord. We typically have discussions going every Wednesday right after it airs. Yes, even at three something in the morning, which I don't get. I mean, I like the show, but I like sleep too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, head over and join us in the conversations and uh, you know, let us know what you think in the next episode, which is coming in just a few days, Monday yeah. and Tuesday. And then boom, you're going to wake up and we're going to have the penultimate episode for this season. And we're going to see what happens from there. So it's going to be, it's going to be something not wizard. Instead, it'll be good. And we will talk about it next week here on force chatter, 8 PM Eastern. We will see you then until then. Take care.